0: Nine, twelve. 12. Instead of But we can discuss that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All
1: right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Hooray for Hollywood! Let's go
0: with Coming to you direct from our super-secret studio... Hello, this is Washington for Beautiful People on Deep State Radio. We're broadcasting live from the sunny West Left Coast, and today I am so excited, so thrilled to be joined by actress, host, producer, fashion designer, entrepreneur, mother, and one of my favorite titles that she has. She is an amazing, amazing activist and just an amazing voice for women and for all of us on, and I... I'm just so excited to have her, Alyssa Milano. How are you, Alyssa? I'm wonderful. Thank you for that very nice introduction. I always want to make sure that the intros are capturing everything, and you're quite the hyphenate, and so I wanted to make sure I got everything. (laughs) That's why I'm so sleepy. (laughs) Did I get all the hyphenates okay?
1: You did. You were perfect. Thank you.
0: Oh, fantastic. I always feel like if I do that well, I should be like, okay, and we're done. We're good here. Um, I wanted to, it's fun. When we started this podcast, we said, okay, I'm in LA and obviously it's LA is Hollywood and it's all entertainment. And since, especially since, you know, Trump We've been seeing more and more voices in entertainment come up and talk and really create a platform where they can talk about issues that matter and really amplify it and shine a light on it. And when we were talking about, like, that's what the show should be, it should be what entertainment, politics mix, you know, like Alyssa Milano. And literally every time we talked about really, you know, like Alyssa Milano, like what she does exactly what she does. And let's, you know, let's create a platform to do that because she's doing so much good. So you are literally our sort of the model that we used when we started to create the show. So I want to say thank you.
1: Oh, well, it is my, it is my pleasure. Thank you very much for saying that. Um, you know, I'm glad I could inspire a podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll give you 10%. Isn't that what we're supposed to do in LA? I uh, love it. I love it.
1: Thank <laughs> you. Um, I, yeah. I mean,
0: I, you know, I, I've been an activist since
1: I was 15 years old. So for me, there is no separation of celebrity um, and You know politics and activism. Uh, You know it's just obviously the work is a lot more concentrated in the last couple of years for me. (laughs) Um, I'm an ambassador for UNICEF, and so I've been in the field, uh, you know, many times throughout the world in developing nations. And um, I keep saying that the last two years is very reminiscent of um, you know being in the field. Really, Uh, feels like a two-year field
0: visit in my own country. (laughs) Which you probably never anticipated. No. How could you anticipate something like that? No, I literally, I was like, no one, there's no crystal ball. There's no Hollywood writer who could have written this because if anybody would have sat down, you know, in front of their keyboard and started to do that, everybody here would be like, um, that's too much. Can you just dial it back in a a little bit? Come on now. That's cr- you, what you're gonna think he's like recruited by the Russians. Um, crazy, and we're like, oh, right, right. Um, oh, he's gonna ban Muslims. Come on, he's gonna jail children. I'm sorry, yeah. he's gonna put what in children. Oh, no. come now, that's right. crazy talk. Exactly. And then you're like, um, he's gonna, oh, rip.
1: Okay. he's gonna rip mothers away from their children while they're breastfeeding. What come on, that's a little too on the nose.
0: <laughs> Please, let's just take yeah. it. Down. And then, of course, we're like, oh, 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 shit! And you know, every Hollywood writer is like throwing their computer against the wall. I was gonna do this, but I thought it was too much. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I have a question. So, when you started, because I was doing some reading, just about even in the '80s with Ryan White and everything that you started with, was was that something that was always in your family? That was always something that was sort of in that structure that your family and your folks always talked about sort of giving back and social activism and giving voice to that. Because back then, you know, I think we saw that with celebrities, but you really sort of always had a strong, loud voice for it. And so I was curious how that began. And I, I think it all comes down to parenting,
1: especially at the, you know, that young age when I was 15, Um, My parents were super politically active and raised us to be socially aware of what was going on in the world and the oppression of of race and and religions um, uh, throughout history. Uh, And so I don't think I connected that to my life really until I met Ryan White um, and realized the power that I could have as a As a celebrity, and what that meant and and using the platform that I was um, lucky enough to have to do good. Um, and really, I think about Ryan every single day as i'm as I'm continuing to sort of carry on this this very specific idea that that he had, that you know we're all put on this planet to uh, to do some good. Um, so i think I think you know it's it all just comes down to how how we raise our kids, and you know, I'm trying to uh, raise my children um with the same awareness um, and uh you know, that giving back should be as much a part of life as as breathing and eating. Um I don't think there can be any separation between uh, having the privilege of being alive. Um, and you know, what we choose to do with that life.
0: I love the idea that it, it, that you compare it to eating and breathing and just your daily, everything you would do in your, in your daily life. So it's not something unique. And I think sometimes growing up, I remember there would be special days where you would give back. And I love the idea that this is just what you do. And it's not some kind of special Sunday that you have to earmark, not that there's anything wrong with it, but it just becomes part of your DNA that this is this is just how we create a better world and how people are just better people to each other. And I think that's so important, especially now, because I think obviously we've lost that so, so much. And there just isn't that. And I think about all the
1: time, like where we lost that. I can't, I think it's got to be after the sixties. But I'm not really sure. And then, and then when I think about how vital it is um, for people to realize their own power um, and that you don't have, it doesn't matter if your platform is three and a half million on Twitter or six around the dinner table um, or, you know, school drop-off, whatever, whatever your platform is, you have the power to, to use it and to use it for good. Um, and I hope that we all, uh, realize our, our own power. And and if anything, I hope that I inspire people to, um, take things into their own hands, uh, even, even when they feel helpless or that they can't do anything or that, you know, what, what they do won't make a difference.
0: I think it's we all I know I experienced feeling helpless so many different times since especially since obviously since Trump. And it was interesting how social media because it's it, you know, social media can be awful, but it can also be wonderful when you can connect and you can see a little bit of that change. I remember the whole when Kavanaugh was going on, I someone had tweeted something and I said, you know, tweet something randomly. Like I know 20 women who've been sexually assaulted. I don't know one woman who's lied about it. And a reporter wrote, wrote to me, a gentleman was like, how common is this? And he tweeted that retweeted my thing. And I was traveling and the next morning. I woke up. I'm like, why is my phone blowing up? Thousands and thousands of women had responded to that. He was shocked he he wasn't shocked he was just like I was just naive because I'm I'm a dude like I just I didn't realize this and I didn't realize the power of that question of seeing your comment and seeing that, that trigger effect he ended up writing a really interesting introspective piece about it and he said it it changed his optic on it which I thought was so interesting that it it came from you know a couple of characters on Twitter and you can change, you really can change hearts and minds. And it was just fascinating to me to see that ripple effect.
1: And not only the realization from uh, men in particular about those kinds of statistics, but also from women who were like, I thought I was the only one. I thought I was alone in my, like, not reporting the, the many, many, um, you know, many hardships that I've, I've, felt in my life or sexual misconduct that I've faced. Um, because we were made to, you know, sort of be in isolation with, uh, shame and guilt hovering over us. Uh, we didn't really talk to each other about our experiences. And I think that the, the system was sort of, um, created that way. So we
0: wouldn't talk to each other no I, it was funny i was talking to a friend of mine uh, another gentleman he's like well i'm just worried because now that you know we're hearing all these stories i feel like you know it's it's going to take away the power of the story i'm like so what are we supposed to do not speak again because if we talk too much and we share our stories people uh, are going to go sun, well sunlight sunlight disinfects i yep. agree a million percent and i think yeah. hearing it said like that oh we're supposed to be silenced again he was like uh okay, I, I get it. Yeah, And I, and I said, I understand where you're coming from because it's so much and the pendulum is swinging back and forth. It was so to the other side of, you know, the universe. And I said, it's not actually swinging too much. You're just hearing the stories now. And it feels too much. There's not one woman who is saying, you know, it's too much. We need to quiet down. I think what it's done is it's, it's allowed us to speak and, I was gonna talk about me too. So it's a nice little segue to that. I think that's what that hashtag did for so many women. I remember seeing that for the first time when you tweeted it, and I tweeted my story. And then basically, like as 20 women, you'll get 20 stories. Like I don't there isn't a woman I know who hasn't had that and who hasn't felt a sense of relief and camaraderie with a sisterhood, not to sound cliche, being able to share that story because yeah, it's or so how about common. the
1: people that have come over to you and said, I didn't even realize I had a Me Too story until oh. people started sharing their Me Too stories. And then I realized that that one time that I was in my boss's office and he pulled me down onto his lap, that that is a Me Too story. And I'm like, yeah. Well, that's actually you – know, Illegal, the spectrum but- of m- misogyny uh, is is so broad um, and so deep rooted and systemic within our culture that things, uh, you know, misconduct was happening and people didn't even see it as misconduct
0: it's, it was in it. truly, it was the DNA of our time. It's interesting. Cause a woman said to me she, it, on Facebook and she's like, I guess I'm just really lucky. Cause of course I said something, you know, that was a little political about it, which by the way, I don't think Me Too is political. I think it's, it's about humanity. And so when people say that, I'm like, how is that political? How is talking about your assault or how is talking about misogyny in any way political? It's about, it's about humans and how we need to treat each other. And but she well, was
1: like, I think we're, we're just in a time where everything yeah, is political.
0: political. I know. Yeah.
1: And, I, um, that's, what, that's okay. I mean, if it takes it being political for, um, the debate to happen and the discussion to happen in a, in a, uh, strong, ferocious way. And then, then I, I you know, welcome, welcome the politicizing it, oh. um, Basically, I welcome anything that continues the momentum of the conversation. You know, I've so often gotten like, well, what do you think of the back, backlash of Me Too in the last year? I'm like, bring it. Yeah. You know, or, or what do you think of the setbacks? I'm like, there's always going to be setbacks. The setbacks are what keep the conversation going. Bring it. This is not going away. Uh, no matter how many times you try to kill the story, it's not going away. So, anytime you classify it as something that it it is, let's keep talking about it. It gives us opportunity to keep the discussion going.
0: Oh, what I think is interesting is people say setbacks because I've had that discussion. And I said, no matter how you set us back, we're still ahead. This a friend of mine, she's like, I feel so lucky because I don't have a me too story. And I said, Kate, you have a me too story. She goes, no, I don't. No, I'm really, really lucky. And I said, so has, and I just started giving her everyday examples. She's like, well, yeah, that's happened, but that's not me too. I'm like, it is. If someone is leering at your chest or someone makes an inappropriate comment and your boss tells you to wear a short skirt it's, it's inappropriate. That's, that's, that counts. It could be, you might feel like it's a micro, but when it continues to happen, that's legit. If your boss taps you on the ass, that's a, that's a me too moment. And she was like, oh shit. And I was like, yeah, she goes, I just, I, I think we're so conditioned to think it has to be some, something, you know, huge and even bigger. But I said, these moments are huge and it's, they're now compounded and we haven't done anything. And so we need to recognize those little individual moments. They're huge
1: because they change our behavior. And also they're huge because they, 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 they hinder our progress. Absolutely. Whether that be within a, within an office, within a job. Um, You know, if this sexism spectrum did not exist, how many more women leaders would we have right now? You know, and I'm very proud when I look at you know even the the women that have come forward that are running for president in 2020. um, And I and I think about like would this would these many women be coming forward and running for president if Me Too didn't happen? And and that to me is like like I get weepy just thinking about like the impact um, and how you know being a messenger is is really powerful.
0: Do you, uh, truthfully, do you think, because the people ask me this all the time, a woman could be the Democratic candidate. Do you think we are at a place that that would happen and that she would get voted in? She's the best candidate. All that aside, do you think that we've evolved enough and we've had enough of this conversation where minds and hearts have changed enough for it to happen?
1: I don't know yet. I will say this a woman has to be so far and beyond any man that's running um, and better at her job than any man that's running to come out as a front runner in this day and age. Um, Because I think that what the Republican Party with Trump as their leader has done so successfully is make... Um, the, the white male, uh, terrified. Absolutely. Everything. Um, so, you know, his, his, uh, stance on immigration, um, is based on, on making the white man fearful. His <laughs> stance on, uh, on women and, and female leadership is about making the white man fearful, right? It's he he's They're
0: they're now in danger. Really,
1: yeah, it's now really it's a really scary time for for men. Like no, it's not. It's, no, it's a really not a scary time for assholes. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Like, it's like I not
1: an asshole. It's not a scary time for you.
0: <laughs> What's well, funny cuz that's a guy a guy friend of mine was like, "Yeah, I'm just afraid now to have meetings because, you know, I don't want anyone to, you know, accuse me of something." I'm like, I guarantee you, no one's going to accuse you of sexual assault. If you don't sexually assault somebody, you have legitimately nothing to fear. Don't and be. How
1: is there that, that big of a gray area? Like, if you steal a car, it, you don't it, go, huh, I wonder if I ever stole a car. Like, you know what you've done wrong in your lifetime. You, you know, you know, those, like, you know you who don't you are.
0: The, exactly. It's not like you accidentally, like, oh my God. I accidentally unzipped my pants and showed my penis to you. I don't know how that happened. Yes. It just tripped and fell out. That's crazy, right, exactly. Or, or you're not
1: thinking like, was that time that I actually masturbated in front of that woman into a plant? Was that? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I just don't know if that. Like you know, you know. So uh, my my point is just that I think this administration, the Republican Party, has the. Um, the patriarchy in such a frenzy about, uh, about potentially losing their power that any woman from the democratic party has ha- has to be even better at their job than any man in the democratic party to get the ticket. And that's, you know, uh, just a sad reality. Now, now if, if a, if we had four women, um, amazing women running against, uh, any other, Republican leader, um, I don't think it would be as tough. But I think any second-class anyone that's considered a second class citizen in this country, whether that be a person of color or a woman yep. um, and God forbid a woman of color, oh, they've got to work I mean, extra, that's... extra, extra,
0: extra, extra hard to be the extra best that they could be in their field. They, they have to have superpowers. I feel like, and be like, Oh, here's my cape. And I'm, I'm like super woman. Like it's so, it's such an unfair equation to have to, to have to fight and do. I I think we have a shot, but who are you excited about or who would I'm you in a dream? About,
1: I'm excited about everyone. And okay. and the reason why I'm keeping it super, super vague is because I've been called uh, upon already to endorse people um, in the in the primary. And you know what? I'm not just not going to do it. I'm not going to do it.
0: Until the no-win you. situation for you.
1: Yeah. I'm not going to do it until I see a few debates. And I see how um, everyone performs uh, in a high-pressure situation. I want to see what they uh, are going to say about um, unity, about bridging the very uh, calcified and fossilized political ideology that that we have right now within our country. Um, I want to see how they're going to set this ship right um, and put us back on track. And I just can't you know, I can't make that that educated decision based upon um, an announcement speech or any sort of thing that they're announcing right now. we got to see how these people are going to perform. And, you know, unfortunately, I do think that there is a and this is going to be an unpopular thing to say, but I think that it's not going to come down to who would make the best president. It's really mm-hmm. going to come down to who can beat him. Yeah, I, as I, as I, as I agree a million percent. Can- Ignite um, hope and inspiration and tap into something that has been uh, sort of pushed way down since Obama left office. Because I don't care what you thought of Obama's policy, and, and believe me, I can say I'm a big enough person to see that there is many of what he did that was not great. Absolutely. Um, I think he did the best that he could, but he was not a hurtful man,
0: and you no. cannot
1: argue with the fact that he ignited a certain amount of inspiration and hope that I think we are in desperate need of right now.
0: I think he um, also led with compassion, which is something that— An it,
1: empathy. An empathy. empathy. What? Can I curse on this? System? Fuck yes. Okay. What the there fuck has happened to empathy? There uh, is none. It's gone. There's it's no a vacuum. Empathy. Like I grew up with this phrase. My parents would say to me, put yourself in their shoes. And I don't think that that phrase even exists no. anymore. Well, it's because our president's
0: bone spurs. He can't fit in his shoes. So, yeah. Right, know.
1: And I, yeah. And I also think that, you know, we have to go back to a certain element of, um, Racism that electing a an African American president uh, reignited in this country. Um, and I think Obama uh, really um, scared white supremacists and white nationalists, and then Trump came in and and preyed upon those those people. Dears. um and and gave them a leader. And I think that uh it's because of of that and that fear that he has the power that he has um, and I, I I need to know who has a plan to get back to the place of you know, and this is selfish of me because I am a UNICEF ambassador. Um, I can't deal with the fact that children are dying in Syria and Yemen and and what what are we gonna do? I mean, how, how are we going to fix, um, humanity and not because of, you know, some self-righteous, uh, America first ideology, but humanity, because we all share this planet for a very brief moment, what are uh, we doing?
0: And I think, I hope my fervent, fervent hope is that we are now looking at this shutdown where, because i think sometimes it's hard for us we we see we see what's going on in the world and we and our hearts ache and we want to do we want to do something but i guess my hope is that people now see what the shutdown is doing in our home as well and going oh my god 800,000 public servants are suffering and they're hearing stories about you know i just was hearing an interview a woman was choosing between chemo and rent a choice yeah, that I should never have she should never have to make that choice and she's having to make it in because of our
1: country in the world. In the world. And someone in. is actually one of our citizens is actually having to uh make a decision between I mean it's it happens every day. It's I mean look, I, I do a lot of work in Flint, Michigan. Oh. And I I mean, what happens within our country uh is shameful and how we don't have um leadership that uh, is standing up for every single forgotten city in this country, where where you know manufacturing companies have have closed their doors and created a horrible, horrible situation in these cities.
0: Um, it's it's a crime. It's criminal. It, I, Puerto Rico. I mean, there's it goes on, and I that is what I hope the next our candidate the next candidate does is can. Can keep this this conversation going and and show us I so have that a theory about this shutdown and I. I What's your theory? I'm very curious. One of my in one of my tweets, but but
1: Donald Trump actually had a tweet um, that said, and I'm looking at his Twitter page right now. Is on January 21st, and he said Democrats campaigned on working with Washington and getting things done. How is that working out? 2020, take back the house, and. Oh, yeah. I think that he shut down this government to make the Democrats fail in their governing and winning back the house because this wall was in 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 his this wall never got done when he held the Senate the House and the presidency so why now all of a sudden is he willing to shut down the government for this wall and the only thing that I can go to is that his ego is so hurt that he lost the house when he was campaigning on immigration, that he has taken the power away from the majority, which is which are the Democrats who took back the house by just shutting down the government. and now in 2020 he's going to be able to get up and say, "Well, look, look they didn't do anything. They did nothing, and nobody's gonna call him on the fact that he shut down the government for two months, two months uh, yeah. So so that is my that is my theory is you, that he was so hurt by losing the house that he was like, Well I'm gonna I'm gonna cripple them
0: and not allow them to make any policy changes. <laughs> I'm gonna take my government and go home. You play with your own government. I mean it's yep, truly exactly it's really the toddler mentality. My thought, though, is I hear everything you're saying. I don't know if he's that smart to be that calculated to do it. I think it's. I think it's. I think underestimating it's underestimating his ego.
1: intelligence, underestimating really? his intelligence is is what got us in this mess in the first place. Oh. We cannot underestimate this guy. We
0: do you really can't. think? Do you think he believes the lies he's saying, or he's saying the lies because he thinks if he repeats it enough, people will believe him? Because I. I think he knows when he's lying, because I, I think it, it's just so common. I think it's probably, again, in his DNA, it's the air he breathes. But I'm convinced think, that he knows that they're lies, and he just knows that if he just keeps repeating, keeps repeating it, people will believe it. Because if you hear it enough, people go, oh, okay, well, maybe it is fake news. Oh, okay. I, think he's a con, I think he's a
1: con artist, and I think that he is, uh, whether it be a lie or truth, he knows the, uh, what the formula is to make people, um, understand, um, what he wants to project. And I think part of that is belittling the intelligence of the American people. Um, and, and I'm offended by that, you know, I'm offended by that aspect. Um, but I do, I think he's a con artist and I think he's conned his way into this white house. And I think he's trying to continue to, to con his way. And whether it be through, um, hurtful policy that he puts forth, or um, you know, appointing as many judges as that administration yeah. has. I mean, he's taken over the <clears throat> courts, and it's not just about the Supreme Court; it's about the yeah. lower courts the as courts. well. He is stacking Which the we decks
0: don't pay attention against. to.
1: Exactly, he is stacking the decks against a progressive um, movement uh, by stacking the courts with judges that. Um, that uphold a certain uh, uh, regressive Republican ideology.
0: And it's funny. I think he's doing sort of the shiny key syndrome to us where he is, you know, they'll throw a bunch of shit our way that we know we're going to get infuriated about. And so we don't pay attention that the new EPA guy is just, you know, a, a... Blazing idiot, and we don't pay attention to that hearing because we're so worried about something else. And then somebody else gets confirmed, and we're like, oh, we can't pay attention to that because there's another dumpster fire over here. And That's so, right. and it's and I was, and so we're not paying attention. We don't know where to look because there's literally fire. It's like drinking from a fire hose. You're like, I-, I don't know where to look anymore because nothing is right. And I remember thinking, even. And I feel like nostalgic and like even when Bush was president and everyone was complaining, there were still good things to point out. You could still point to moments of compassion or moments where you're like, OK, I, I don't agree with it, but I, I'm not going to scream into a pillow at night. And I don't think we have any. There's no valve for us to release here anymore. There's there's nothing we can point to.
1: No, there's nothing we could grasp on to, like at least
0: like Mattis, you know, I kind of grasp
1: onto. I felt but like, I, and I bet
0: Bush is at home going, "You miss me now, don't you, motherfuckers?" Oh, you know he is. You know he's <laughs> like, how, well, how do you like me now? You know he's like, he's just like drinking, kicking back, drinking, painting. Yeah. He's like, you assholes, we're gonna complain about me, right? And I, I, I think, I think we all thought that Cheney was the evil one, but we thought, oh, well, you know, Bush, yeah.
1: he, he's just Bush. You know, I think nobody thought that Cheney was a, a saint. I think we all thought he was um, you know, evil evil and, and, uh, uh, but, but I don't know. I just, I just want someone in there that is going to not only not bring forth hurtful policy, but that will, um, fight to have the hurtful policy that is in place right now because of this administration, uh, you know, changed and, uh, it's, it's not, going to be easy. I don't know why anyone would choose to run right now, but, um, you know, I'm going to take my time and, and really, um, try to, to make an educated decision and, uh, know that, um, that I have a certain responsibility because of, of my platform to, uh, endorse someone that, that I believe in.
0: How exciting, though, is that to be able to do that and to have that kind of voice? I think I think that would be so empowering. And I know we were talking about, you know, everybody has that power, but it's it it, to me, it's so inspiring. And one of the reasons we were excited about this podcast is to be able to talk to people who are who are really sort of using their power for good and being able to elevate it and to help create that kind of change, I think, is exciting. Would you ever consider a career in politics? after things have uh, settled down in our country, it becomes a little bit I,
1: I, Well, first normal. of all, I feel like I'm better, I'm of better service doing what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Um, so, so um, not right now, but it's something that I do, I do think about. Um, uh, and maybe when my kids are older, that that would be in my future, but right now they're kids. Um, and, I need to be here for them, Um, but I don't think that it's something I would totally take off the table. I would really love a staff. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when I look at, when I look at these politicians and I'm like, oh, they have someone on staff that knows, you know, immigration, that knows women. And 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 it's amazing and I'm sitting here like, you know, up all night writing up eds and trying to get, you know, things and, and meeting with with uh, tutors of the constitution. Like I'm just trying to wrap
0: <laughs> my head around it to the best of my ability but And making school um, lunches and doing your other job and trying to do everything. Yeah, like, like, but trying to do all, all of it myself is, um,
1: uh, a challenge. Um, so yeah, it's,
0: I will <laughs> I, tell you, I have to I give you a compliment. I, I have to give you a compliment. I was talking to Bill Prady probably about a month ago and we were talking about, I think it was the women's March last year. And you were there with one of your, with your children, correct? Yes. And he said, it was, he was so impressed. He goes, she is superwoman. Her kid needed to use the restroom and literally like a superhero, she lifted him up and literally walked Against all of the, all the all the protesters, and he goes, it was like the sea parted. It was like Moses. It was crazy. I literally thought she flew through the crowds, and she just grabbed him. He's like, "Let's go!" And he's like, "I think she went to a CVS. I'm not sure, but I couldn't I watch." I went anything. to a
1: CVS. It was crazy, and then I couldn't find my husband. It was like chaos. But that's funny that it's funny the things that people notice, right? Where and you think,
0: you if, know. It kept, it made such an indelible mark in his brain that when he was talking about it, I was like, I felt like I was watching an action movie. I'm like, tell me more. What happened next? (laughs) I had to save, oh my God. Oh, this is crazy. I'm like, did she make it? Did he make it? She's like, he's like, it was it was the most powerful thing. We could have filmed that and that would have been the moment everybody talked about because it was the power of the woman. I was like, oh my God, I feel like I need to roar right now. Should I roar? Like this is amazing.
1: That's awesome. Yes, we made it. We both you, made it. He made I, it, it and, and I made it and everything was okay. And we I we marked and held up our our post. Oh, it
0: was he okay. made me it was it's such a lovely story, and i want I wanted to make sure I share that with you because it oh, was thank you that it made was my such day. Lo- I was gonna ask you because I know we're we only have a little bit more time to talk a little bit about patriot, not partisan, yeah, and how it started and i because I want people to really become aware of it, and I think it's it's great what you're doing so
1: um yeah so so basically when when everything started getting super um Aggressive as far as uh, the political ideology and and where uh, everyone was picking a side and staying with it really, really uh, in a way that was... I felt insurmountable and um, we really saw the partis- partisanship within the news cycle and our news networks. Um, this 24 hour cycle mm-hmm. that is, you know, definitely through the eyes of a, of a, a certain audience member. Yes. Um, I wanted to create a space for people from both sides to be able to, um, share their opinions in one, on one site. So we collect, uh, op-eds from people throughout the country, um, that are not just one-sided. Um, so, you know, we've published everything about, you know, being, uh, against abortion. Um, and then we try to find a counter argument and everything is on one page. So you can hear just different perspectives, um, and not have to go to many different sites to find uh, an opposing uh, perspective. And it's been something that's been really rewarding for me to, you know, collect these submissions and, and see how much pride people take in, you um, in, in using their own platform to get their point across, uh, but also to be able to share different perspectives in one place, I think is is really important right now. And we need to continue to bridge,
0: bridge these gaps. And you do it in a way that to me is very positive because I think discussions now have become so divisive and so angry and so hostile and vile. And it's not a discussion anymore. We're just monologuing at each other because there's no dialogue anymore. And so what I appreciate is that if it's a different perspective, it's very thoughtfully done, and I never it doesn't feel you know didactic. It just it feels like this is this is my opinion. and i I miss those days when we did that, when we would just have conversations and we could hear everybody's side on things. And I think I think a return to that is so needed. and i'm I'm hoping that that happens in a few years. Um, but so I, I think that's such a positive a positive place for that kind of a discussion and that kind of introspection. So do, do we think that he's going to get impeached real quick just your predictions or do you <laughs> think we're we're here for 2020? I have a I have a candle a prayer candle to Mueller that I light. So, you know, I just need to know. Do I need to order more? What do you think?
1: I I think he will not be impeached in time for 2020.
0: Oh, you're killing me. Um, I keep
1: <laughs> I keep yeah. asking people
0: and they're not giving me the answer I want. And yeah, uh friends I like I don't I
1: don't know what I don't know what's going to ha- It's going to just depend on, on uh, how much we could get done uh, and how quickly we could get it done.
0: Um, you know, with, with having the majority. Funny. Every time like Adam Schiff speaks, do you remember the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark and the first yes. one teaching yes. and the girl closes her eyes and she has, I love you on her eyelids. That's how I am when he speaks. I'm like, say something else. Say, tell me how you're going to get him. Tell me how you're going to get him. And literally I like, put my little hands on my chin. I rest. I like close my eyes. And my husband's like, do you have a crush on him? I'm like, I kind of do. If he's going to bring him down, I, I kind of do. I might even get like a lower back tat with like an Every eye heart. Every time he it's like progressive porn? It It is absolutely <laughs> progressive porn to me. Like I literally am like, everybody just be quiet. I might need a drink she when went- we're done. I would <laughs> play, play some wah music in the background. Like I get so excited. It's so inappropriate. We saw him in New York. We were walking and I went, Oh my God. And Jeff, my husband's like, What is everything okay? And he's like, I'm like, Do you see that was? And knowing me, he's like, Did you just see Patty Lapone? Cause that's the only other reaction that me uh, that would generate that. Cause I would get that excited over Patty. And he's I was like, No, it's better. He's like, wait a minute, better than Patty. I'm like, It's better than Patty. It's Adam Schiff. He's like, you, you need to go say hi to him. I'm like, I I can't, I can't. He's like, you worked for the goddamn CIA and you can't say hi to Adam Schiff. I'm like, I don't know if words will come out. I don't know. So he like dragged me over and we had a lovely conversation and he couldn't have been lovelier. And I was like, thank you so much for everything you do. If you, if you start to, you know, feel ill, I've got a kidney for you. I will give it to you, whatever you need to carry on. Let's do this. But he couldn't have been more lovely. So yes, it was definitely progressive porn for me. And slightly, have you gotten, um, any, like, do you ever get a little like starstruck by anybody in politics? Um, John Lewis. Oh God, that would, that would do it. Yeah. When did you, I I saw him in
1: the halls, uh, on the hill and I literally, I had to hold the wall. Um, so yeah, um, he's just, just magic. And he, really it, he carries that I think I think I get starstruck with people that carry a certain amount of historic weight.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, the, the things that the things that we're still fighting for that they fought for uh, so long ago and they're still fighting. But they're Good also trouble. like leaders that lead through service. Yep. Does that yeah, make I, sense? Abs- like leadership absolutely leadership through service.
0: Yeah he's someone who is, uh, you feel as though it's never just words that come out of his mouth and he's speaking through experience and he's speaking through empathy and compassion and walking the walk. And you feel, I feel grateful for his service and I feel grateful that he's, he's there fighting the fight because I don't think you can ignore the weight of his words. You just can't, you know, some people, we, some people, I think we can go, okay, whatever it's him again or her again, but I, you can't ignore that and you can't ignore the impact that he has had. And I think there's, there's certain people like, I feel like that with, with Ginsburg, I feel like when she speaks, there's a certain yeah. amount of weight that you, that just cannot be ignored because she's such a trailblazer and what she's done for, for women and for this country. And it's, to me, it, there's, it's a little bit equatable in that sense. And I think there's those certain people you're like, okay, like, yeah, John Lewis, I would get, I would get weak in the knees. Yeah. That would make me yeah, go. I, did. I Go And I wouldn't know how that was, you know, I I believe in like the drive by compliment. I I believe in the thank you and the gratitude and to always say it if you feel it, because sometimes we don't say it. I wouldn't know how to say thank you other than, you know, just thank you. you. There's there's not enough words to actually express that what he has done.
1: But I totally agree. I didn't say anything to him and I regret it.
0: I think you'll see him again. I mean, that's that's my thought. You're you're a little active, or so I've heard. So, are you going back to DC anytime soon?
1: I am. I leave on Sunday.
0: Nice, nice, nice. I was I'm going.
1: invited to the State of the Union with uh, Congressman as Congressman Gomez's um, guest. So what I don't you- know if that's going to happen. But if it does happen, I will be in the crowd.
0: Do You heard that? You heard about what Trump said this morning about the letter he sent no. to us? No.
1: What did he say this morning?
0: He sent a letter to Pelosi and was like, "Um, hey, Nance, looking forward to being there. I will be there at the exact location I said, at the exact time and the exact date. Oh, great. So, So, yeah, so I'll be there. (laughs) Yeah. So I like I really wanted Nancy Pelosi to write back uh, wrong number who dissed. But I think she's going to (laughs) be a little bit more mature but I, 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 I lost my cell phone. Who's this? Yeah. I'm sorry. Who's this? I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm wrong number. Yeah. Or like they just lock the thing, lock the doors and he's just pounding on it. There was a really good article today that I just read kind of outlining if she has the power to do it. If she doesn't, you know, sort of, cause we're talking very broadly. I'm like, she can make it stop. He can go. She can make sure he doesn't have lights to read his teleprompter. Right. I mean, there's ways to do it. So I'm, I'm curious how it's going to kind of unfold. We're doing a, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Molly Jungfast and Asha Rangappa on Twitter. They're two yes. amazing women. We're yes. doing Molly's a lot. unbelievable. Oh, she she gives me life. I literally, I'm always, yeah. I'm like, I'm trying to Twitter high-five you. How does this happen? Yeah. Uh, did you see would, her post on um, the Trump administration and all I love Lucy memes? Oh, my God. Genius. Yeah, so Genius. smart. She did one that was... Um, it was sort of a romance novel where she talked and she took different photos and did like the like the backstage, like bedroom talk between different different administration members that just delighted me to know. And I'm like, can you make this into a book? Because I kind of need to yeah. read it at night because it's so, so amazing. Great. We're doing a live uh, podcast where we're going to watch the State of the Union and just do our commentary with the podcast with the State of the Union like that seems like a way that we can, we can manage to listen to him is to be able to like talk back and be a little snarky at the same time. So we'll be watching too, but just with a little bit more snark. Um, We, um, we, I know I want to be cognizant of time and we're, we're ending soon. I'm very excited about Project Runway All-Stars. This is my own personal. It's such a good season. You're going to love this season.
1: It's really great.
0: Uh, and it's one of the shows, like, I don't know if it's with your husband, like there's shows that you guys watch together and you have to, you're like, okay, we'll watch this one together. Don't watch this, I mean, whatever. This is a, we yeah. have to watch together. So I'm, I'm excited to tell him be like, I know so stuff? many
1: men are like, I'm such a big project runway all-stars fan. I didn't think I would be, but I watch it with my girlfriend and my woman you know, or my wife. And, um, uh, you know, it's great. I love like that you aspect like- of it.
0: Well, I think it's My like kids that. Kids love
1: it too. I think it's important That's for kids fun. to watch and see something that um, that is being created from nothing.
0: Well, and you, you know see, people I mean? like so,
1: so often. I think these kids don't understand
0: like where their clothes come from, and that, you know, <laughs> there's, there's people just are creating Reese? things. It's- I love it because you actually see them doing something and it's not manipulated as some real dishes are. And You see them. It's like, to me, it's very top chef in that sense. Like you see people take basic things and then create something that's beautiful or amazing. You're like, how did it happen? And you're watching them work. Right. And I'm always like, is it magic? Is there voodoo magic going on? Like, how did they do that out of, you know, trash and like a trash bag and a zipper? Like that's crazy to me. I'm so excited. Um and I just want to say thank you again for coming on and chatting with us. I'm so excited. We're so it's excited we got pleasure. to chat with you. Thank you
1: so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And keep up the good work.
0: We will. And um we're just gonna I'm just gonna stay a little at the end and I want to make sure everybody knows where they can find you. So everybody, thank you for listening. And if you want to hear more, you can visit deepstateradionetwork.com and you can support our work by becoming a member. Members receive early access to all the podcasts podcasts, and one-on-one newsmaker interviews, discounts on Deep State swag and daily newsletters. Valentine's Day is coming, so you can give your your sweetheart the gift of the deep state. Um, there's nothing more, more romantic than that. Um, and you can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. You can follow Alyssa on Twitter at Alyssa underscore Milano. And you can follow me at CIA Spy Girl as well. Alyssa, thank you so much again for joining thank us. Thank you again. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for giving me uh, a voice. Oh, please. It's our pleasure. Like I said, you are, you are part of our inspiration for the show and being able to, to give voice to everything that that's so important right now. So thank you everybody for listening and talk to you all soon. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye.
1: Deep State Radio is a production of the
0: Deep State Radio Network, a division of TRG Interactive Media. Our podcast today was produced in cooperation with Goat Rodeo Productions and was supervised by Ian Enright. Join us again for another episode of Deep State Radio. If you don't, we know where to find you.